Hello everybody, welcome to the show and there's even Bullet greeting you guys, welcome to the episode, Bullet, want to say anything else? Okay, we'll, um, we'll let you do your thing. Oh, and someone texts me now when they, no one texts me all weekend. Wonderful. Let's see what kind of time we're on today, guys. Uh, it's actually a really great episode, though, um, and I appreciate you all being here with me. Uh, this is uh, episode 157 on into our fourth year now, so let's keep it moving and stay consistent and uh, keep getting our message out, no matter if they... Uh, they don't want to listen. We will scream at the top of our lungs. Um, Bullet, do you have anything else to say before we get into our guest? Because I don't want you interrupting. Bullet? Sir? No. He just wants to walk around me and be cute. But cute doesn't translate on audio. Now does it, fella? No, it does not. Um, anyway, before I get another message, I will uh, see you guys soon. And I hope you enjoyed our last episode. Because I put some time and effort into that one. Not that I didn't with anything else. But uh, I had to reach out to everybody. And uh, it was a challenge at first. But we made it happen. So, yes. But on to the fourth year. Here we come. See you guys. Let's get into the guests. Okay, guys, well, we are back again. Um, again, I like to tell everybody how I find my guests, but usually it's pretty similar. But this one uh, is recommended through a friend, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Crystal Allen, who was on the show, geez, maybe a year and a half ago. Um, but her and I have always stayed in touch, and we check on each other, and we try to support each other in anything we do. Um, I think she was even on the 100th episode, too, so she was actually on twice. Um, but, yeah, and she... She sent me a message the other day and said, hey, I have a few people I'd like to recommend to your show. Um, and she gave me like a little bit about them. And obviously, um, right before I started this, I wanted to know more about her before we get started. But uh, she has like a really crazy story. Uh, she's a very influential and powerful person. So um, I, I took Crystal's recommendation regardless, but I now knowing her a little bit now, I it, it makes tons of sense why she did recommend her to me. Um, so you want to kind of tell us your name, maybe just a, a little bit about yourself, and we'll kind of go through your story here. Okay, no problem. Well, again, thank you for the opportunity on having me on. Um, my name is Goddess Johnson, and I am originally from Houston, Texas. Um, I am legally blind. I do. <laughs> I like the way you worded it. I do have kind of like a natural, normal type of story when it comes to my vision loss and different obstacles. But the main point that I want to get across with my story is that, you know, there's nothing too impossible that you can't get through. So, yeah, for sure. I, yeah, that's the message. And definitely, um, I feel like I exemplement that. And I feel like if I could reach at least one person with my story, then it was worth everything I had to endure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we all go through a phase where we're we're wondering if we're impacting enough because, mm-hmm. um, you know, you get no feedback or anything. And then out of nowhere, when you're feeling like really low, someone will say, hey, man, you helped get me through the day. And it's like, ah, oh, damn. OK. And it, right. it kind of invigorates you and it makes you just like really want to expand on that and try even harder. 
Um, and yeah, when you actually, cause again, it, it's a, it's an antic that's been used many times. It's just like, if you can help one person, you're good. But like, of course you would like to help a million, but like when it, it kind of starts with one and, and when you can, that's the kind of, there's like an addiction to it where you're like, well, like I just want to be able to do this every day. If I can impact one person a day. And, but again, you got to start from somewhere. That's right. That's right. Um, and that's kind of, you know, kind of what it is exactly what you just said. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, the older I get and the more I've become more comfortable with my visual impairment. Um, and, and obviously doing this and interviewing people with other disabilities too. And, and, you know, cause I, I, sometimes I look at somebody in a wheelchair and I go, God, like you have it so hard and I forget how hard I have it and how right. difficult life is. And then, but I've had people in wheelchairs and, and, and people with, you know, no legs or, or people with chronic pain or whatever. Like, well, we, we're just so happy we don't have bad eyes. And I, I, at one point I couldn't fathom that. Cause I just thought like, well, I'm just used to this. Like this isn't that big of a deal. I mean, it is mm-hmm. but in comparison to some of these people's stories. I was like, ah, it's not that bad, but I realized right. it, it is, it, it, there's nothing easy about it. There really isn't, but there's, it, it's not the end of the world either. And that's kind of like, that's the message. Correct. That's why we're here, like you and I, in general, not just meeting each other, but in life. Like we're the only way we're going to inspire people to keep going is to be an example for them. Because look, in the, very, in the very beginning, and you were telling me off off air, just like a lot of depression that you went through, and I, I know I'm going through tons mm-hmm. of it. Um, it is very hard because you almost have to mourn like a body part. Like, yes, because it's a loss. It's still a loss, just like anything. You know, it's still something that you lost and you, you go through those, you know, those emotions and those feelings. And the most important thing, you know, you want to know, like, like one thing, I, it's okay not to be okay, you know, and that's something that's not talked about enough, you know, um, because it is an adjustment and it is a morning and it is a loss. It's a process, you know? Yeah. And I also like, as a man, I think men are like, for some reason, there's this like bravado thing. Like we're taught not to cry or not mm-hmm. to show emotion. And it's like, that's such horseshit because, really crying can be very relieving and, and therapeutic yes. just to get it out get um, it out get all, mm-hmm. that, get all that pain out because it, like, it builds up into the point where like you just have this ball of stress that you just hold on to and then years and years go by and then one day you're in therapy or something and it, it, something gets brought up and now you're just ranting and bawling your eyes out and it's like jesus where the hell did that come from yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So true. So, oh my gosh, so true. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a moment like that where I, I was in therapy, and I, I think I've talked about it here before, where it's just my therapist brought up like my father, and it's just like, well, what's your relationship with your father? And I just went on this tirade of just how much he's a piece of shit. And mm-hmm. he wasn't the worst father in the world, and him and I have kind of repaired our relationship over the years. But at the time, I was just. I just was, I just had this hatred build up and I didn't realize. And after I was done, I was almost like out of breath. And I'm like, yeah, like, what the hell was that? Like, I literally yes. had to have like an <laughs> out of like body experience. Epiphany. Right. Yeah. Like, yes, yes. And I was just I like, can relate. I really hate this guy. And I had to figure out like why I hated him. And I had reasons to be pissed. I had reasons to, to mm-hmm. not like him, but there was even moments in my head where I was like, I hope he dies. And I'm like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not even who I am as a person. And right. like he didn't molest me or anything. He didn't abuse me. Maybe verbally he had moments, but he he was not the worst father in the world. There's way worse fathers. Right. And so I was just right. like, I had to take a look at myself and go, why do I hate this person so much? Like, is it, it's just, it, a lot of it was though I, there were some parts I was definitely valid and, and were, I was right on. There was also mm-hmm. 
part of it where I was just like, wow, like I, I built them up to be this huge monster. And I just, I just, cause I never, I just kept throwing. It's like, if you, you put something in the back of the closet and you just keep throwing things on top of it and it just becomes this build up mm-hmm. mess where you're like, and then you, you go in there one day and your whole closet just falls out and you're like, well, yeah. how did this get happen? And it's like, Oh, for the last 10 years, I just been putting anything in there and, Putting it up, putting it up, yeah. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it's just it's just in your face now. It's like, look, now it's something you actually you have, have to, to deal with. Be deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So very true. Yeah. So true. Yeah. <laughs> and it's healing. It's, it's healing for yourself, you know, and when you finally come to that realization and you get it out, it's like, you know, it's a relief for you, you know, because you've been holding on to this and holding on to this. And, you know, the funny thing to me is that the people that, we feel so strongly this way about, you know, they're going on with their life, you know, they're peaceful and they're at peace and just living and we're just bound up and angry. And, you know, so, you know, you have to get to that point where, like you said, you have to find, I believe I say finding the purpose of your pain. You know what I mean? When you can find the purpose within your pain, it will give you the strength to persevere, you know, and that's kind of the model that I live by. Yeah. And like for a long time, maybe would ask me, like, what do you want to do in life? And I kept just saying, I want to help people. And that's so vague. Mm-hmm. And then like I started to realize like where the disability and how all like the mental health stuff and how this all like all this shit that I went through. I was like, wow, this now like, there is a purpose for me to do this because I, took, yeah. I can take all that pain and use it to help people, which I didn't see that at first because I was, you know, there was a lot of brain fog and mental just uh, you know, combustion where I just was like, I had so much just destruction in there and I just never really addressed certain things. And then I got mm-hmm. to a place where I'm like, okay, like I'm doing this podcast. I'm like, Oh, like I'm actually getting compliments from not only, you know, uh, people who are listening, but also the host or the guest. And I'm being on other people's shows and little by little I'm doing things and I'm like, okay, there's, there, it may not be going as fast as I'd like, but I'm doing something. And, and now exactly. I'm doing what I said I wanted to do years ago. Um, and that's a great feeling, you know, it's an accomplishment, definitely, you know, when you get to that point, I know I can certainly relate to that, you know, looking, you know, looking back over my life over the years. So I definitely feel like with you going down that same path, you know, it has to be a rewarding feeling now, you know, when you get to that point. Sure. And I don't, I don't know for you, for someone who ha- is pretty successful and has done a lot in your life, like, I've talked about this with other disabil- people with disabilities, regardless if it's a similar one or not. It, a lot of times we, our ceiling is so like low in society where it's like, wow, you, mm-hmm. went, you graduated high school. Wow. You have your own apartment. And so sometimes even though it's an, a real accomplishment to have your own place and, and to take care of your kids and to do these things, it's a typical thing for people to do. It, it, yeah. For the average person who doesn't have a disability, it's like, well, yeah, like my six kids or, you know, my wife, my husband, they all have jobs. They all have places, you know, they're all taking care of themselves. But for us, when we say it, it doesn't sound like something is an accomplishment to the average person because they, they can do it. But at the same it's time. It's an everyday yeah. thing. Yes. But it's at like the same time, they didn't have the hurdles that we had. And it, had to go through. Yeah. And try, you, 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 you get into a place where you're trying to figure out what you should be appreciative of because you're like, is it was it a real accomplishment that I have this apartment right now? Like, is it a, like, and it is because a lot of us don't have that. A lot of us will live at home. A lot of us, you know, like I, I say it all the time, seventy five percent of people with disabilities are unemployed. Like, mm-hmm. it, it is a real thing to to keep a job and and to earn right. yourself and, and earn a spot in a in a workplace. And 
but we it it like I said, well, because our ceilings are so low in society, it's hard to real. Like once you shatter through it, it's like, well, I shattered through it, but you're like, well, I gotta keep going. Just because people tell me that you you broke through doesn't mean you can't keep growing and keep going further. So sometimes yeah. I've had yeah I've had to learn how to appreciate the things that I have accomplished, just because people don't like you know dwell in it and go like, wow, you're you're great. It doesn't mean you're not. It's just you know the average person doesn't understand what you had to do to get to this point. Exactly. That's true. Um, and that's yeah. why it's important. You know, I just wanted to, to say that it's important to elements like, you know, for podcasts and to be able to see, you know, for, first to the outside to break those misconceptions, you know, of blindness, of what people expect, you know, and that in that way, it won't be such a, Oh my God, you have your own place. Oh my gosh, you actually dress yourself like, yeah, right. and you're thinking like these are normal, you know, uh-huh. everyday things that, you know, you do. But just because of, like you spoke on earlier, a lot of things aren't shown. You know, the basic stereotypical image of it is shown as you're needing to be dependent on someone or an inability to do something. There's not enough light that shines down on the ones that, you know, like you said, you see what they have to go through to get to where they're at. And we're out here and we're doing amazing things each and every day. So, you know, with platforms like this, it gives the ability to show that, which for someone like myself who did not see that, you know, prior to me losing my sight, I did not know, which is why I thought it was like the ultimate death sentence. Like, what am I going to do now? to where I wanted to end my life, you know. Sure. Can you tell the audience, like, how you lost your sight, please? Yes, um, of course. Um, My story is, of course, a a little bit differently. I was not born with any type of eye condition. Um, I was perfectly sighted, lived in, you know, everything for about 20, a little, I was 28 years old. Um, I was a nurse. I'm working. I worked overnight. Um, and I basically, I lost my sight due to a tragic car accident that I was involved in. And due to the massive impact from that accident, there was a lot of damage done. Um, I was in a coma for an extensive amount of time. Um, coming out of that, um, I was basically, you know, only thing I remember is being told, you know, what I know now by a doctor from coming out of that is that I had been involved in a tragic car accident in which, I had lost my sight due to that and that I would never regain that again. And I also lost two very important people to me, my sister and my niece. So I got three very um, hard blows at one time. And from coming out of that particular state, when you're in a coma, you're coming out, your body has not been, you know, making any type of movement. You just insist. So I couldn't really respond, not being able to, talk or move or show any kind of emotion, you know, I had to go through about two and a half years of rehabilitation therapy to learn how, you know, speech therapy, occupational therapy, you know, there were all these therapies when it came to every other function that I had lost. But when it came to my eyesight, I was only given a card to a support group in which now I couldn't read it. So for me, even though ironically, I have been in the medical field as for over 15 years, I still felt like it was the worst thing in the world that I could ever be told. You know, I literally felt 
like my life was over. Like, what am I going to do? Um, you know, and coming from an era where in sometimes a lot of times people, they have family, they have a support system. I didn't have that. You know, I was a mom. My son was six years old at the time. I had my sister, my niece, you know, I grew up differently. Um, my mother has been incarcerated since I was seven years old. Um, and growing up, you know, in the system, not ever really being, you know, placed in a home or feeling like I belonged and experiencing all of that, you know, I didn't have anyone to kind of fall back on to kind of be that support for me. So I kind of, you know, I gave up and I had already suffered from different forms of depression. I have been diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder since I was 10 years old due to the trauma that I've went through in my life. So, and then not really knowing about these conditions and mental illness and things like that, you know, it just led me to want to give up. You know, I wanted to give up on living. I tried, you know, to attempt to take my life several times in which I felt like I couldn't do that right. And it was all because of what I thought was just something I could never rise above. And, you know, thankfully, um, my life was turned around in that aspect. And I was able to be able to find the strength to fight through those feelings, you know, with words that were spoke to me from at the time, from after the therapy, my son was about eight years old. And just letting me know, like, Mom, I'm here, I can help you, you know, and it's something about I'm, you know, this is my child, you know, he shouldn't have to be encouraging me. I should be showing him courage and strength. And, right. you know, I knew what it's like not to have my parent and I always wanted to be present. So that was the day I kind of like, you know, how they say I had to get up and I started fighting, but in a different way, you know, just, you know, with my actions and with the help of him, you know, learning ways to adapt and live my life now without fighting. And um, I owe that that initial push to to my son. You know, I always tell people he was my hero <laughs> yeah, awesome. in that time. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, but like that's something like regardless. And again, I know you your parents did some really hard shit, but it, this is like in life in general. Like you ha- you can have people in your life you love or hate, mm-hmm. but like when you're brought into this world, especially by your parents, they there's chains you have to break because there's constant exactly. things in your life. And, and, you know, like I say this, like as a, as a white person, I've been in it where there's parts of my family that there's some racial shit that I just don't agree with. But there's, mm-hmm. there's deep-seated things where sometimes I get triggered by something. And I have a lot of people mm-hmm. in my life of all of I me. Mean, my sister's half Puerto Rican and I've dated many different ethnicities and I have so many, like an eclectic group of people, especially with disabilities and, and, and racially. And there's just shit in there where I'm like, wow, like I have to break the cycle of this. Because yes, you do. It's it's so inherent. It's just it's in there, and you're like, I don't want this to be me. I don't want this to be defined to me. Because once I realized what racism, I didn't learn until I was like in my teenage years. At that point, I already had a giant group of friends that was different than me, and it, for many different reasons. And I'm like, well, this is stupid because this person's darker than me. I'm I'm supposed to hate them. And I was like, mm-hmm. this is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Like, I already love right. this person, so what's the point? And so Correct. you have to break the chain. Again, there's like, and there's there's certain things that like, and I know, uh, you're, you know, being a black woman, there's, there's certain things that come with that. Like you, again, having a mother who's incarcerated, you don't want to mm-hmm. be her. And you have to. You don't want to be that. And you have to push, like you say, hard to break a lot of stereotypes. You know, that's, and, and you don't know 
like even for yourself, what you were just explaining, you don't know how that prepares you and gives you a certain kind of a strength that allows you to do what you, you may not even know that you're able to do. And for me, like from as early, you know, my mom went to prison and got a license. That's when I was seven years old. So from as early as I can remember, I have been told what I couldn't be, what I wasn't going to be. I was going to end up just like my mom or just like my brothers because it was a cycle. It was a cycle of all of my immediate family was being incarcerated. You know, my brothers joined gangs. They got expensive sentences at young ages. And I was like, no, you know, I developed a sense of one thing about me from an early age. You're not going to tell me what I can and cannot do, you know, and I, it was important to me to do that because I'm like, I would be like, who are you to tell me what I can't do? You know, which like you said, you become that example, you know, so it was an accomplishment, which wasn't for some when you graduate high school, you know, you graduate with accomplishment for me because I didn't come from that, you know, to graduate college, to be able to, be the first of something positive instead of something negative. So that's definitely true. Yeah. And then, but we also look at, because we use the words just freely and we just say, well, family's family type of thing. It's like, no, just because you're blood related doesn't mean you're family. Like there's people that I would die for easily and they're not related to me even at all. They're not related to me in any way. (laughs) And they're just better for my life. And again, there's people in my family I do genuinely love, but there's some that I just detest and I'm like, no, no, thank you. Like you're bad for my life, mm-hmm. bad, bad energy, bad vibes. I'm good. Stay over there. Right. But there's plenty of, like, like I said, there's a plenty of people in my life that I've added that I'm like, this is easily like my brother. This is easily a cousin or whatever. Like I love this Absolutely. person and those, none of that shit means anything in the, the day. It's just like, you know, I guess and, and I'd rather have a tight niche, close family and it doesn't have to be blood related. It doesn't mean anything. So like, yeah, but, but the difference with the blood stuff is there's stuff in your, in your gene pool that is attached to it where sometimes you don't even know it's even there until someday it mm-hmm. arises where it's like something happens and you start to have certain feelings or you, you start to react to something like, like someone that you're related to would. And you're like, Oh shit. Like this is, this goes deeper yeah. than just. You could you could be a certain way, you could feel a certain way, but there may be some things in there. You're like, wow, I haven't even tapped into this yet. Like, wow, I mm-hmm. can't believe how far back this goes. But my God, right? Like, I got to get rid of how this. How deeply rooted this is. That's true. Yeah, that's so true. Like, as, as, so true. And I could even admit this. Like, I remember one time being in a, in a grocery store and. Um, there was this black girl and she was like, she was just playing her music really loud on her phone. And like, it was very ignorant. Like it was just stupid. Like it was just, it was like Mm -hmm. no, the lack of effort or care for other people. And then I just started to kind of get this like slow, like enragement where I'm just like, uh, fuck. And then I'm, I'm like, TJ, like think about how many people that you love look like her. And I guess not that I was going to the worst case scenario where I was going to call her words and things, but there was just a part of me that like just kind of got heated for a second. Again, heated mm-hmm. one thing to be annoyed by her, but it was another thing to kind of start thinking deep seated shit where I'm like, wow, like where the right. hell did that come from? Like, right. that, that is not you. This is some shit that you better address now and just delete. Cause this ain't like, you have to have real like inner monologues with yourself. Cause you realize you how close you can become like, the reason why I don't write people off, it's like, well, this person shot up a school. This person did this, this person. I don't write people off like that because I know how quickly life can spiral down and change like Mm -hmm. bad situations. And I've said this many times, like if a kid is being molested by his family, his whole life, what do you expect him to be? I'm not saying Mm -hmm. I agree with him going out and and looking at child pornography or anything like that. But if we can Mm -hmm. try to intervene before he actually does the same thing his parents did to him, 
maybe we can yeah. save some people and maybe we can redeem him as a person instead of just calling him a monster. Correct. And so, and, and we're in this, this woke culture and this whole, you know, cancel shit where we just, someone said something 60 years ago and we don't act like people don't evolve and we don't change. And I know for damn sure in my 34 years of living, I've, I've evolved tremendously uh, Absolutely, and I've changed a lot of my thoughts on things, not just like racially or anything like that, but just in general, there's a lot of things I've changed my outlook on because I've experienced it. And Correct. we write people off like that. And again, as a person with a disability, I've been written off many times. So mm -hmm. I know how it feels. And that's why I just, I let people be themselves. I let people just tell me their story. And even if I don't agree with everything, I, I don't need to be combative and just go, well, that's wrong. We can have an open dialogue conversation where Correct. this is how I feel. This is how you feel. But mm -hmm. again, kind of back to like breaking the cycle, like there's Correct. I there's a part of me in there that wants to be a bad person, but I, I won't ever allow it because I know deep down that's not who I am. And we all have parts of us in there that we could if we went another direction, we could easily be like you could have easily been your mother. I could have easily Correct. been, you know, uncles and things in my family, but life experience and certain things and maybe someone if you're religious or someone's looking out for you. And this is mm -hmm. this is what made you who you are. And that's that's kind of the beautiful parts of life that we don't address enough. Correct. And it's a, and it's a process and you definitely have to trust the process. And it's breaking that whole cycle, like changing the whole narrative of when people see, especially with us, with living, living life with a disability is just having the mindset to let people know, like when you see us, when you see PJ, when you see goddess, when you see crystals, when you see, you see the person first, you should want to see the person first, not the disability, you know, and you always want to be recognized for who you are first, not something that some look, oh, well, you can't, because at the end of the day, the only limitations you have are the ones that you set for yourself. You know, there, there are people out here every day, like we were talking before, that have different obstacles. Ours is vision. You have people who can't walk, people who can't hear. These are just things that people from the outside can see. But we all have something that we struggle with, whether it's visibly able to see a disability or it's inner. And the important thing is the more of us that are out here that are able to stand and to show and to be ourselves and to set those examples to show that gives people the courage to say, you know what, I may have felt like this was the worst, but I remember, you never know, I turned on the radio, I heard a story about this, or I heard about this organization, and they actually, you know, these are elements that need to be brought to the light more, because if you see a positive outcome in something, it'll, it'll help take that kind of, you know what I'm saying, that... Yeah uncomfortable feeling away you know and I know for myself if I would have seen more positive depictions of blindness if I would have known you know now 13 years ago looking back when this first happened to now if I would have known hey you could still do everything you know you could still you don't have to settle for this being the end if there's so much you can do I feel like you know it would have been a lot more, you know, balanced for me to get through. And so that's why I love platforms in which it depicts um, positive elements and shows what's really possible beyond vision loss. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, there's there's plenty of darkness, there's plenty of sadness to it. I mean, I, I call mm -hmm. my podcast My Blurred Opinion because I'm, I'm making fun of it, but I'm also 
you know, putting it out there so people can understand, like, you know, one of the, we lost a huge advocate in the disability community with Judith Human dying. And she was one of the most powerful people in the disability mm-hmm. community because she sacrificed sure. everything uh, as a person who was in a wheelchair. She, and up until her death, she was still advocating and still pushing. The advocating. Boundaries. Yes. And if we can even do a little bit of what that woman did is amazing because she, she's Absolutely. so powerful and she did so much. And I think a lot of us, I think we've gotten to a place, especially as people with disabilities, we, we not many people have taken the baton and ran with what they did for us in the nineties. And we, we uh-huh. have to keep pushing. Cause we're, I, I feel like a lot of times we, we, the disability community has become very segregated to where we're, yes. we're, we're kind of in our body parts. It's like, Oh, I'm, we're the eye people. You're the ear people. You're the leg people. Like, and it's like, no dude, like you can, I understand. Um, like we have, we have these things called like, uh, in Pennsylvania called like blind and visual service, BVS and, and OVR and things. And OVR is kind of like this one found this one company that has different departments for different disabilities. But at the end of the day, they, they represent all the disabilities and they give different, they give like uh vocational, like you can do mobility and different things depending on, they help basically rehabilitate people with disabilities. And mm-hmm. I look at it like I wanted that to be for us where it's like, yes, we can have our own individuality. We can be blind. We can be deaf and all that. But at the end of the day, we should still come together and fight with each other because we need each other. We are not we are we are. There's so many of us. We really are like the biggest like minority like globally. But like we can't do anything about it if we are so separated into Oh my goodness! This You're the first person I have heard that has ever not been afraid to say that, and that is something that I just admire because that is like the number one issue that I have, you know, when it comes to it. Because at the end of the day, together we can achieve so much more. You know, we all are still a part of the same community, and there are millions of us in the world all over who suffer from some form of blindness you know and it's like one person doesn't have to master (laughs) one territory you know and I see that all the time and that's why I come in and I'm like the first one no matter how busy I am certain people if they recommend or say you know God is like even yourself um uh, I have this they'll be contacting this podcast because of who it is I will do it in a heartbeat because of, of they're a person that I know is for a common goal, you know, within this community. I commend organizations like Eyes Like Mine. I commend organizations like ECIB because I know some, and that's just a few, um, you know, blind table talk, like in uh, organizations that I know really come together. They're not afraid to say, you know what, um, Eyes Like Mine has a support group on this day. You should tune in. Or even though I'm blind, they're highlighting different influential people in the blind and visually impaired community that have established their mark in society, in the community, have their own brands, but they're coming together for a common goal, which is to break the stereotypes and the misconceptions of blindness. So you're right. Um, Together, we can make a major impact in the lives of so many. And the problem is there is, there's a lot of segregation within the blind community and no one wants to talk about that. Like, you know, I tell people, I feel like I'm a kind of a, like a unusual person. I can say, I know what it's like to be fully sighted, visually impaired, totally blind. But in my community, I have been, you know, discriminated on when, 
when they learn that I am now considered visually impaired, even though I spent, you know, 11 and a half years not being able to see and underwent 47 eye operations, five cornea transplants. I've been through the struggle just like anyone else, but I was experiencing discrimination in my own community because now I had my tunnel vision restored in my right eye. And I'm like, (laughs) you know, I remember feeling like, wow, you know, this is, just unreal. Oh, you don't understand because you can see something. I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know, but that was so common. And I'm just like, that's not talked about enough, but there is, there's a lot, you know, within our own community and that needs to stop because at the end of the day, we're all a part of the same community. We have different variations of sight loss. We have different variations of how we got to this, how we got into this, how it came about, but at the end of the day, we all have a story and we can all, if we come together, we can make a major impact instead of being divided. Right. And I've said this many times, like the reason, and this isn't to, to make it look like certain people are better than others, but the reason why slavery doesn't exist is because white people fall for it. And it doesn't make white people better. Mm-hmm. Slavery should have never existed. Correct. But like for gay people to get Correct. married or for, you know, they needed straight people. Like, because when right. you're in the minority, you don't really have much of a shot unless the majority actually is with you. And so again, I was talking more about the yeah, I was talking more about Mm -hmm. the disability community, but yes, the blind community is so ridiculous sometimes because yeah, Mm -hmm. like because we look at people and like talking about like what we can perceive to be the opposite or the the opponent when it Mm -hmm. comes to sighted people as we call them. We need sighted people. There's not even like exactly. There's no way in hell. I mean, (laughs) we know a thousand sighted people in our lives that are great people. Right. It's just we look at them like oh they don't understand, and a lot of them don't. And and how are they going to understand because they don't know what it's like to lose vision? And there's a lot of ignorant sighted people or abled bodies as some people call them. But we we do it to ourselves. Like yeah, there's people that are just like well you yeah you have light perception and see that's better than blind. It's like. Dude, yeah, like, what yeah. are you talking about? Like, <laughs> None of that means anything. Like, it's just another anything. way. Yeah, And it's the same way we can mm-hmm. look at race nowadays. Like, black and white people get along all the time, but because the media says that we're supposed to hate each other, we're supposed to hate each other. Correct. And it's nonsense. And, and and it's the same way with the blind and, and, and again, any other disability. But we, we just take it out on each other. I've seen people with visual impairment who have okay eyesight pick on blind people and i'm like are you shitting me like you're like two steps away from being hit. exactly like this exactly. is like, it makes no sense whatsoever it makes no sense whatsoever and you have organizations they they go they they feel one is better than another and i'm like you're all we're all supposed to be serving the same common goal you know what i'm saying and if we could get past that ignorance and it is it's, it's ignorance it's the lack of knowledge you know, we can't turn this into a, a a blind world. That's just not possible, you know, and that shouldn't even be the the outcome that anyone is going for. But what you can do as a as us as being blind, visually impaired, whichever you feel more comfortable categorizing yourself as, you can show an example of how it's a world in which it can be equal. You know what I'm saying? Because we're doing the same things. We just may have to use different methods. You can get behind your wheel and drive. We might have to order over. You know, we're still getting from where we have to go. It's just changing that whole, you know, narrative. You know, some things are due to really not knowing. I can honestly say I have the ability to laugh and not get so offend- offended when someone says certain things I get told all the time. Oh, you dress yourself? Oh, I, I do a lot of traveling. 
speaking. Oh my God, you're 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 by yourself. No one's with you. Well, yes, but I use these opportunities as opportunities to educate because I remember I was ignorant. I did not know. I did not know. But now I can tell someone where I travel. I there's apps. I can use it as a teaching opportunity instead of being so upset and forgetting the fact that you know what God is. Sometimes people may not know, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's always a way of changing that whole narrative or taking control of that situation and at least trying to put something different out there. And, um, that's why I commend the people that, you know, are taking that stand and being, you know, not afraid to talk about the things that need to be talked about, you know, which one is this topic as well as, mental illness because it's something that's not talked about enough and it's something that is very much needed to be addressed you know because there's a lot of depression there's a lot of anxiety there's a lot of you know low self-esteem not having confidence and things of that nature and a lot of it comes from just not feeling like you're worth anything because you don't think you are because you don't know what you can accomplish and what you can do yeah, and when when you have a disability, um, no matter what it is, mental health is coming with it, regardless if you oh, want yeah. it or not. You don't have if a choice. If you want it or not. Mm-hmm. And I think we all have a little bit of mental health, regardless of who you are. But, yes, it, it's way more exacerbated when, when you have a disability. Yes. And it's not to brag about it because we don't want this, but it, it comes mm-hmm. with it. You learn a lot from yourself because you get to very low places as we both have attempted to kill ourselves you go to very low places and then you realize like, yeah, I like what you said earlier when it's like, well, I couldn't even kill myself. Like I couldn't even do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you get I to a place you, you're criticizing yourself on every level. Like you don't have a choice. Like, like I talk about bowling a lot because I'm on a bowling team and I can see some, but I know I mm-hmm. those pins out there are blurry as hell. I can't see the dots in there. And I get very frustrated with myself sometimes when I'm not doing well. But sometimes I forget to go, look, your average is about 120. You're actually hitting pins. Like these people right. that you're bowling next to all can see perfectly and you're hitting 120 pins a game. It's like you have to real. And again, some of it's also mentally. Everything's mental as well. But I, I sometimes I get I get really hard on myself because I know I want to do so much better. But because I tend to forget because I, I try to I just I try not to look at myself as a person with a disability. Not that I'm embarrassed by it because I'm, I'm I, I love that who I am and I like who how I've gotten to this place and what I've made it through. But it's it a time where sometimes you just like you end up t- attacking yourself. You're at war with yourself mm-hmm. because you just like you're trying to figure out why you can't do this because so many people have put it in a certain way where it's like, well, you well, how could you do this? Because I, mm-hmm. because their mindset is, well, if, if I was blindfolded, I couldn't do any of these things. It's like that right. is your mindset. You, you have a choice. Like I've, I've I've used this analogy many times. I said like for people with disabilities, and I'm just gonna say America because that's where I live. It's like trying to get in a house with no doors or no windows, but we still have to find a way in. And Absolutely. and it's like, but we're gonna find our way in. However we do it, it's the chimney, whatever. We'll break walls. We're getting in. It's just, it's just so much harder for us. And it's not, it's not to make yeah. you feel bad for us. It's just the truth. And we will try like a hell to get in that house. And um, you just have to like, and again, another thing I've talked about at, at just extensive lengths is how our community is defined by a guy in a wheelchair. And the majority of us aren't in wheelchairs. I mean, the logo, you know, the little little white little yeah. stick figure that's yeah. in a wheelchair. We're, we're all, no matter if you're in a wheelchair or not, you are defined by that person. 
And it's the silliest thing in the world. And again, I, I'm not intelligent enough to come up with my own logo that defines the whole community. But I know that one, and again, there's nothing wrong with being in a wheelchair, but that doesn't define us. And that's why so many times we're all kind of perceived to be slow or, or, or many other things where it's like, wow, you can do this. It's like, I'm an adult. I just have a, I have one thing that I have to overcome. But once I figure Correct. out how to like make this work for me in life, I'm going to get around it. I just got to figure out how to do it first. Just because you Absolutely. can't fathom it doesn't mean I can't do it. That's correct. And that it's all about a mindset and them having that mentality. And just like you spoke on it, which a lot I feel struggle with. You know, I, you know, I am a, I mentor a lot. I counsel a lot. And one thing I can say is you can't, you have to remember to shine your light on yourself and celebrate the accomplishments that you, that you have made. The more that you, celebrate those you'll remind yourself of okay you may not have you may not be to exactly where you want to be but hell you know I'm nowhere near the beginning when I started before I didn't know you know what was worth and that's why it's important for um, those of us in this community that are not the typical um, example of what most may see to, to be out here and to be at the forefront you know we have younger generations coming up and they need to be able to see you know okay i know someone there that um, they're blind they're visually impaired we have a history they're modeling or they're a lawyer or they're a, you know there's so many out here that are doing amazing things but you never see it or it's very rarely shown and i feel like that's something that definitely needs to be more at the forefront because blindness, visual impairment, whatever, whichever you prefer, it looks differently. It's not one look, you know, it's just not, it's not one look. And it just bothers me whenever people tell me, oh, you're blind. You don't look blind. Yeah, well, got that many times. Um, I, I wish I knew what the look was. But <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what it is. Dog, cane, dark sunglasses. You know, you know, the, the tip, exactly the typical, stereotypical look. But for me, I don't think I look no more differently because for me, it's different. I I have been able to be around so many different phenomenal, extraordinary people in this community that for me, it's like, okay, that's not the look for me. Like I look like I, I know, you know, I know people is just like you said, it has to be more boldly shown, you know, so. Yeah, and when you look at what's going on in this world and how silly a lot of things are, some of the most oh, blind man. and deaf people have perfect sight and hearing. They're just, mm -hmm. it's their mentality. They hear what they want to hear and they see what they want to see. But deep down, like right in front of them, clearly you shouldn't vote for this person. But because you mm -hmm. don't want the other side to win, you don't want to hear what they have to say because even though they're saying horrible things, it's like, well, that's a lesser of two evil. It's like, it's the dumbest shit right. I've ever heard. Like, right. It, it's so like you, again, I have as a person with a disability and I've been able to see horrible things in my head. Like I, I have empathy for other people and I can see things that I'm not biased by many things. I don't, I don't look at my race or my gender or, or anything, even my disability. I'm not, I'm not like loyal to it i just go this is what i was born as this is what i am i don't give a shit what you mm -hmm. are just be who you are don't force your beliefs exactly. on me 
and that's it. But like everyone, like there's so many people that are just like, well, this is what I am. And this is, I'm going to stand with this. I'm never going to change. And it's like, you, you're, you're as blind as it gets. I know people that are mm-hmm. full on, but have no sight, never had sight and can see way more than you can because you just refuse to see anything. And, Correct. you know, and then going back to like what you were saying, like not having many examples of like role models, um, mm-hmm. you know, you had people like Ray Charles and Stevie wonder and you had like, uh, uh, what's the superhero? Uh, Daredevil. Like, there's there's characters. As a kid. There's certain things right, out there. Right, but how many years? How many eras has it been? You know, we're in the it's 2023. Yeah. You know, you have you have so many people within this community that that you will never hear about. You know, or are not. You have orders. You know, I did not know. I just went to. Um, we did a Queens pageant show fashion show which was with miss newark new jersey and they so i walked in there they didn't expect they didn't know they didn't have any knowledge that i was blind prior to coming even though i have i had a cane and it was kind of a different type of design cane and everything it still didn't register it didn't register until because i was doing everything you know so to them they didn't realize because I was doing everything they were doing. And it wasn't until it was younger pageant title holders, older ones, and one of the little girls came up and she was talking and they heard me sharing my story with her. And then they were like, oh my gosh, you can't see? I, I wouldn't have known. And, and you're modeling and you're doing this and you're doing that. And I was like, wow. you know. And for them, you know, the, the young girls, they were like, wow, you know, I never, I never knew, you know, but just that moment right there, that's something that, you know, when they're, some of them, they were eight, nine, but they'll remember back when they're, you know, 15, 16 in high school, you know, I met this lady when I was modeling, you know, it's those views. You have people out here, like for me, even a, a personal story I could share with you real quick. Recently, I never knew there were so many artists in, musical artists in the blind and visually impaired community. I didn't know there were so many singers, um, so many producers, engineers, none of that. And so I ran across and um, was connected to a gentleman who started, who has started one of the first all blind record labels, you know, and they have a, they're starting a radio. I'm like, what? You know what I'm saying? So this was something that yeah. was to me, I'm saying, okay, I remember listening to this artist and I'm being told, um, you know, this person, he, that did the whole background of it, he was totally blind, you know, and I'm like, wow. And I could relate that to going into schools, you know, you know how much music reaches young people, you know, so imagine, you know, but you don't see that. You, you don't see any of that and I'm just like you know it's so much out there and that's why you know I like to stay connected um, and and do events that are not just catered to the blind community um, you know but you know you have to go out it's it's not just one community we're living in one world blind sighted it's about showing the equality you know and, and going out and doing these same type of events and showing them you know we're doing this too you know and that opened up the doors to be able to be, you know, accepted and let in and seen for your ability, you know, not your disability, which yeah. you can see that you have one of the first um, a blind, um, um, visually impaired, doing a fashion show, collaborating with sighted designers. You have 
you know, pageants where we're able to collaborate with other, you know, pageants and being recognized as a real pageant. It's so many things that are changing, but they would never change if we stay hidden or stay in the background. You have to stand up and not be afraid to use your voice. Yeah. And as like what you were saying with the pageant, like at the flip side of the coin of what we were saying before that, where how people can be blind to things, you also can inspire so many people who, and let them appreciate it. They're absorbing your positive vibes and energy and they're going, wow, like this girl can do that with with no sight. And I'm sitting here bitching about this and it's like, I can get up there and do that. Like, like I don't have her issues. Like I, I should be able to be able mm-hmm. to experience life more and I, I i've been maybe i do have a little much of a blind mindset towards certain parts of life and i see her mm-hmm. doing this and now you know what it, like it opened up i can literally do it, my yeah. eyes to, to what i actually can do and what i can achieve can yeah and that's happened so many times on my fan page i get comments all the time inbox emails um, you know and a lot are cited you know young girls telling me how much i've given them inspiration older from both communities, you know, and that makes you feel good as a person to be able to show that. And it makes me feel good if someone tells me, you know, it doesn't make me feel it. If you, if you have to say, I can do it, if you can do it, I can do it, great. If that's what you need to have the motivation, then go out there and do it because you can do it. And I, and that's, that's important. And that's important. And to me, as a person who has been dealt a lot of cars in life, in which I could have gave up, like you said, and I had to learn how to push myself in one way, shape, or form to now be looked at as a person of hope and inspiration for so many people all over. You know, it's it's no greater feeling, you know, so it makes you appreciate. Like I say all the time, I may not have physical sight, but my inner vision, you know, it is something that I will never lose, and, and that's important for a lot of us. Yeah. And, and we have great imaginations. There's a lot of things in there that a lot of people mm-hmm. don't know we have just because of the, because of how they see it. But yeah, and the thing is, like, it's if you think bigger picture, forget disability, forget blind and vision impairment. Like, we need better examples as just humans because there's too humans much nonsense out here. And we yeah. we put there's all these categories. Like we we have to go in and you know weave in and out of them because that's what people want to put on us. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, like I'll, I'll take your visual impairment blind. I'll take the disability thing. That's what I am. That's what, whatever. That's what I have. I'm not ashamed about it. But at the end of the day, is like we need better examples, period, because there's too many people. Of humanitarians are, in general. Yeah, yeah there's too yeah, there's too. And again, there true. is a lot of them, but they never get the shine they need. Because, you never get the, nope. Yeah, because people a lot of people. People want to glorify the negative. You know, think of how much um, attention gets put on negativity or how much glorification gets put on someone when they do something that's just horrific. You know, you get all this air time, they take up the TV, the news, the radio, this person just shot up this person. And what people don't understand is some people feel like any attention is good attention, you know, and they, they don't care. And you have so many copycats, you know, something, oh, if I, I'll make the news or I'll make you know, the headliner, I'll be the, the trend on social media if I go out here and do something stupid, like, oh, let me bring a girl to school. That's cool. That'll get me, you know what I'm saying? It's little stupid stuff that gets glorified. It would take the time to highlight more things, and, and that's why more of us that are out here that are doing things, you have to stand up. Like, you have an obligation to, you know, be at the forefront. Don't be afraid to shine your light or to be out here and to 
be an advocate for yourself because that's the only way change is going to happen. Yeah, and, and you have, like, we're kind of in a place where we get shunned upon for being different. And I don't even mean the disability mm-hmm. part, just in general, like thinking outside the box. Like you have to think mm-hmm. one way or another. You got to think Apple or PC. You got to think Pepsi or Coke. You have to think Republican, Democrat, you know, gay, straight, mm-hmm. black, white. Like you got to think so like and nothing. Everything is always a gray area, but we, we want to we don't want to address the gray area. We, we want to just stay within. Should we defund like the police or should we keep the police the way it is? Well, it, both mm-hmm. are wrong. But it's like we yeah. we just don't we don't need that we don't want to have a third option we don't it's or a fourth or a fifth it's like no like right. creativity is everything and and people who are thinking differently even if I don't fully agree like I, I'll listen to somebody who has a very ignorant opinion just because I want to see where it comes from I'm not gonna sh- I mean Correct. I may not agree I may not want to have them in my life but I still want to hear where that hatred comes from I want to hear like how we get there as a person. But I don't write people off like that. So I I, I want right. to hear everyone's take on life because my life is different than everyone else's. So we just, Absolutely. we need more out of the box thinking because staying where we are, like I, I think about like from when the company that I work for, like there's a department that I'm working in and it's always kind of been, I just kind of got to this department. It's, it's always been dysfunctional. And they mm-hmm. keep rotating the bosses, like the people that run the department. I'm like, look, you could let go of the whole company and start over. But if you're going to run it the exact same way, it's never going to change. You care about exactly. morale. You care about, you know, the, this like because the work ethic, you can replace everybody as workers. You can replace certain things. But if you keep running it the exact same way and you don't mm-hmm. change all that like underlining shit that goes on in there, it's never going to change. It doesn't matter the people that are in there. And, and, and it's like, they don't, no one wants to be wrong. No one wants to admit that they, they screwed up. And again, I get it. We're also in a society where now when you, when you screw up, people vilify you and they, you know, they want to destroy you. But I mean, in a smaller sense, like, like in a business, it's like, you can just say, oh, you know, we've been doing this wrong for the last 20 years. Let's, let's just, let's give other in people input and let's try to change the morale. Let's change the, the, the deep seated things that are really bugging this department or anything in life. And, um, unfortunately a lot of people don't want to have, it's kind of like how it is on uh, a lot of people don't want to change. Well, yeah, and it's, it's it's kind of like how it is on, like, these news networks, like, where you like, oh, Fox has a Democrat on. Well, okay, fine. Or CNN has a Republican on, and they get on. They allow them to say their opinion, but as soon as they finish, they didn't listen to anything they said, and then they just mm-hmm. berate them and give their opinion. And then there's no, there's no agree to disagree. There's no, like, middle ground. It's just my opinion versus your opinion. Your opinion is so wrong, and my opinion is so right. And it's like, but you, mm-hmm. didn't, you didn't listen to each other. You never even tried right. to figure out where, because... I had this conversation with, with somebody because I live in like a very country area and I was I was debating with this with a couple people about how similar rap and country music is. And I'm mm-hmm. like, and but because I'm from Philly and I, I have I, I I do listen to some rap music and I have enough knowledge of both, um, they were like they were so, it was like the most outlandish thing I could ever say. And I'm like, no. First of all, listen to it. They both like trucks, just one likes F one fifties, the other one likes escalades. You both like women, you both like weed, you both like guns. Like there's a bunch of different things to the cultures and I'm like right. it's just one has an urban style and one has like a country twang to it. Right. But in general they are very similar. You just don't want to say, and, and again I would if I was talking to a bunch of black people about country music they probably would say the same thing that they were saying about same them. Mm-hmm. But it was like you guys don't really like you don't want to ever get close and get to know 
people and you want to get like you don't want to like ingratiate yourself with other cultures like this is why like half these people they don't go past three towns over and it's like mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not trying to be the corny like woke white guy but it's like hey you should kind of have some gay friends you should have some black friend i would say this to black people you should have some white friends you should have different people in your group to know what they're about and to experience what they're going through because just because someone in your group says that they're bad people because if you just stay within the same confines that you that you were born into you're never going to learn you're never going to evolve you're just going to be closed-minded you're going to be racist you're going to be sexist you're going to be many things and you you have to learn i'm so happy that i was able to to grow up in different cultures and have different yeah. people in my life because I now know because I could I could sit there and say wow blind is the worst thing ever and then not know what it's like to have chronic pain or what it's like to mm-hmm. you know whatever have polio exactly or, you know like it, it, there's so many things that are equal or it, it's not even a comparison you just you can't be closed-minded and, and we're in such you a can't. closed-minded society we don't want to think of an, an alternative because we're just like this is how it's always ran this is how we're going to keep it and it's like that's the dumbest shit ever this is what keeps us exactly. from growing as a society what keeps us just always going to be like at a standstill you know you have to be like how can you know you don't like something if you've never experienced it how, how can i know i don't like this person if i've never ever been around a person that was different from me you know different doesn't mean wrong you know what i'm saying different doesn't mean not worthy different doesn't mean you know, just exile, you know, it's okay to be different. You know, I wouldn't want to live in a world where everybody is like cut the same cupcake pattern shape and whatever that would be. What would you learn? You know, what would you gain from that? You know, and that's the important. That's why for me, you know, since um, it was, it would be in a title holder with having to be example whether it's for an older woman, an older male, or younger, but it, it matters to me a lot, um, the image and, and what I put off, because definitely with being looked at as a role model, especially for young people, I want to be able to show that it's okay to be unapologetically you. Like, I, I, am a, I know I am different from what people expect, but at the end of the day, I, that's, different is what I consider to be unique. You know what I mean? I, I'm leaving my own unique fingerprint. You know, I am my own unique person and it's okay to be a leader and have people follow you. I don't have to follow something that everyone else think is okay. You can step outside of the box. People, one thing people have to realize, it doesn't matter if you're, what, what your disability is. It doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter your, your appearance, people will always have something to talk about, talk about you about. People will always find something to have to say, you know, but it's important not to, not to be so caught up in what people have to say about you, because if it's negative, it doesn't mean that it's, it's the truth. It's not what people say about you or, or call you is what you answer to. And so that's what is important because for me, I have been, you know, I am, I'm African-American, I'm blind, I used to be obese at one point, you know, people have something to say about me being too dark, too big, now I'm too little, now I'm too this, now I'm not blind enough, I gave up a long time ago on that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a big goddess, and either <laughs> either you, you can either like me or not, but it's not going to stop me from being who I feel I am, you know, it's not going to stop me from being the best version of me. It's not going to close my mouth. It's not going to stop me from shining because at the end of the day, 
I feel like it's my job and it's my purpose to be able to be a difference and to show a difference. And I'm doing it for the people out there that are looking to be and looking to see a better version of what most feel is just like you're nothing. And I refuse to ever be categorized as nothing. So. Yeah, and then people don't get it. They don't need to get it. Like, they don't need to get it. You're not meant to be got by everybody. <laughs> well, yeah, we're in this world where so. we have to have a billion friends on social media. It's like no, because a bill that that just there's a, more than half of them are going to stab you in the back. Like you need to have exactly. a good tight niche group people that are going to tell. They're not yes men or women. They need to tell yeah. you when your shit stinks. They need to tell you when you're exactly. doing something wrong because it grounds Those you. Those are real friends. Those are friends that you hold on to, you know. And the people, I tell young people all the time, and I'll tell you, the ones that have them thousands of followers and thousands of them, they might not even know 10 people, you know. So at the end of the day, you want people, I tell people quick, I don't have a circle. I have a triangle, and I'm okay, I'm okay with that because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I know, that those are these people that I have in, in my triangle, if they're going to tell me what they're going to tell me the truth, no matter what, they're going to tell me when I'm wrong. They're not going to agree with everything. And they are unapologetically going to be real. And that's what I needed. And that's what I learned um, when my life changed. You know, prior to the accident, I had a whole entourage. I was, you know, so I was popular. You know, I got all these friends. Then this happened. And I tell people all the time, you really see who you're really, who your true friends are, you know. So I learned a long time ago, those entourages, those crowds, those thousands of people, they don't mean nothing unless you truly, they have shown you, you know, their worth. They have shown you, you know, that that's what they are. Like everybody isn't your friend and everybody's not in your corner and everybody's not here to be a positive voice in your life. That's why it's important for you to know who you are and to know what you're worth. And that way, no matter what, you'll continue to persevere because you'll be your own self-motivator first. You know, you have to love yourself and be accepting of yourself first before anybody else can do anything for you. And that's the important um, message that, you know, I feel we all need to come, come to with ourselves, you know. Yeah, I was telling a guy, I was telling a friend of mine the other day because she was just like, "You seem better," and I've been eating better and exercising and things, just trying to take care of me. And and where there's some things that would have bothered me at work or wherever would have bothered me normally, I'm like, "Yeah, I'm good though," because at the end of the day, like I avoid the drama, I stay away from it. If it yeah. if it knocks on my door, I'll I'll dress it. But in general, like I'm not gonna sit here and just seek it out. And and just because there's something like if if something really bothers excuse me. Uh, something really bothers me, I will go to that person and tell them how I feel. But in general, I don't Correct. look for drama. I'd rather avoid it because I'm, I'm trying to go into a happier place and just be the better person and, and just and for me, not for anyone else. And, and at the end of the day, if I'm walking around and my energy, some it's going to, you know, it's going to get on to other people and hopefully they're happier. Um, even if, even if it's in the, those, you know, in an hour that I'm around them, at least maybe they're having a better day, but I'm just trying to do what's good for me and, you know, there's a lot of things now that don't bug me anymore because I'm like, I don't like, why should I even like get into that? Like, it's not, it's not worth, yeah. my, it's not worth my time. It's not worth my depression or anxiety. It's not. I, it's pointless. Like, I just, I'm trying to live the best life I can before I check out of this world. I'm trying to put mm-hmm. enough good energy into this world before you know we all kill each other. I want, you know, yeah. I don't know exactly what I want my legacy to be, but I want at least people to know that I gave a shit and I, and I, I really exactly. want people to be better. And I want, again, I would love a, better examples for people with disabilities or at least more. 
And I, I don't, Absolutely. I, I hope like after like the next group of us, when they come in, I hope their lives are easier. I hope it's easier for them to get a job. I hope it's easier for them to, to, to survive in school and just be, you know, successful because it's, it's not easy being successful with a disability. It's not, there's not enough role models, but I don't want that to be the case anymore. Even, even if when I die, maybe it goes from 75% unemployment to, to, to 65, that's at least a jump because I'm just, I don't, I don't want that to be a case anymore. I'm tired of, of that. I'm just, I'm tired of negativity and drama. I just, I just legitimately corny or not. I just want to be happy and try to have that, be around me at all times and, and negativity just it's just like now i just like ugh, i just want to throw up my like, go away like, right um, <laughs> but you have that choice you know and once you realize you have that choice to guard your peace and guard your joy and who you choose to give what energy to when you learn the art of that man that's a great feeling so i'm i'm so happy that you're at that place and continue you know like to do what you're doing to guard that space because that's your space, you know? Yeah. Um, again, I don't want to take up too much of your time because I know you're a busy girl and all. And, <laughs> but I, I would like you to kind of go over a lot of like what you were telling me earlier about a lot of the accomplishments and things you've done because, you know, I know sometimes it may seem gross to kind of talk about yourself in a positive way. Like, oh, I did this. Yeah. Did that. But I mean, it, it's very needed because there's not enough people that are in our shoes that have the success that you have. So it, it's Absolutely. Good, good for people to know. No problem. Um, some of my my main um, accomplishments that I'm very proud of is, first and foremost, I am one of the first legally blind youth council chairpersons here for the youth uh, with the NAACP in Orange County. I have successfully obtained two master's degrees while I have been blind. I received my master's in social work as well as my master's in visual rehabilitation therapy. I own two businesses. One is Fight LLC, which stands for Faith is Getting Her Through. It does in this business, I do empowerment workshops all throughout the U.S. uh, with at-risk youth in the different school systems. I work in Dallas, California, here in Florida um, as a mentorship empowerment program to lower the rate within suicide amongst young people and depression and shine the light on mental illness. We do it with comprehensive workshops, resource training, life skills training. And in the end, it's kind of, they pay it for by becoming mentors. I also, um, I'm an independent skincare consultant for Rodan and Fields. I believe you feel good. You can look good on the outside, feel good on the inside and outside. So I do that. I have models. I've been a uh, model in several Several fashion shows, uh, fully sighted fashion shows as one of the only blind models. Um, I'm happy for that accomplishment. I've worked with several designers. I was in one of the first all first fashion shows for all blind and visually impaired women in April of last year. Um, I was happy for that accomplishment. And currently, I hold the title of Miss Blind Diva 2022. Yeah. I'm the current title holder, which is the only pageant for blind and visually impaired women in the entire United States. And it doesn't just highlight beauty, which is what I love. It highlights your impact that you've made within your professional life and your community outreach, which is just amazing. And I'm so honored to have that title. Um, recently, I have been, my newest nonprofit uh, is the Even Though I Am Blind Movement, ECIB. 
Um, it highlights the most influential um, blind and visually impaired people. It's going to be a part of a documentary film, as well as there's an induction because there was a record broke and will be inducted um, into the Guinness Book of Records in June of this year in New York City. And I was named the ambassador for the visually impaired by the UN United Nations Prime Minister. I'll be going to Cameroon, Africa in June uh, from the 13th to the 17th. I'll get a chance to provide resources as well that are needed for blind and visually impaired adults in, in that part of Africa and travel to the different schools, get my expertise as in training. And I've been doing campaigns, collecting canes, um, signature guides, bump dots. Um, I've had a lot of you know, organizations, people that have reached out um, so that we can bless people over there because they don't even have chains and the necessary things that are needed that we get for free here in the U.S. So I'm in the process of writing a book, my book, as well as I will be a part of two other books. And I am in two documentaries right now. One is The Blind Divas, which is highlighting the life of Crystal Allen and the Quilla Wright Prevo, which are the founders of Eyes Like Mine, and highlighting the pageant in which I won. So it'll show a lot about my um, journey with them, my background. So I'm very proud of that. Um, they'll be a part of a, a cable series. And so those are some of the main accomplishments that I've accomplished over the 12 years that I am proudly have been living my life as being legally blind. Um, so I like to show that you should never, anyone listen, listening out there, never let anyone set any limitations on you because there's nothing that you cannot achieve. So if you believe it, like they say, you can achieve it. Sure. And I bet now, even kind of going back to the beginning, I bet you're a huge role model for your son now. Like the roles have reversed yeah. because he, he yes, you, they are. you needed him to kind of lift you up, even though you didn't really want it because you were, felt like you were kind of failing, like you were the mother, you should have been doing it for him but now the role is really reversed because he you were at a point where you needed him and now that he's growing up and he sees who his mother is and how important right. and powerful you are it's like wow like and look what she can do like yes and it I gives them the ability yep they they never my son says all the time you know i was so proud you know because a lot of times you know for a lot of us out there who are parents and blind you know, you, I don't know if you relate like I did, but I used to think like, you know, I used to feel bad. So like it was times that I wasn't doing all that I could, but my son, he never, ever let me feel that way. You know, he persevered and he's proud to tell anybody. It was nothing I couldn't do because I saw my mom, you know, press through so many things and, and accomplish. So I can't, I could never say I can't. And, and that made me feel good to have, you know, my son be able to say that and to have, you know, my daughter is 12. So my daughter has only known the mom who was blind, you know, and she does some of everything because <laughs> she wants to do everything mommy does. So at 12, she's, you know, been in film. She spoke. We speak together. We're actually traveling to Fort Worth, Texas next weekend for our third um, mother-daughter speaking engagement. So it's an honor. Um, you know, when your kids can have that type of impact in them because you never know what hands life is going to deal you. So at the end of the day, 
as a parent, any parent, it doesn't matter if you're blind, visually impaired, any parent, you always want to instill in your children, you know, the message of being resilient and persevering over any obstacle, you know. So my kids were my heroes and, you know, they, they feel I'm their hero, but, you know, it's a rewarding feeling because they know the message of not giving up. And that's all I ever wanted to give them. That's awesome. Um, last question, even though technically I haven't asked a lot of questions. You and I just talked, but um, how is your affection? Like, how does your vision affect you daily? Like, can you see anything? Like, I just to point it out for people who kind of don't know. So now, now I'm able to see in my right eye. I have tunnel vision only, and I wear a special contact called a sclera lens. Yep, I know what which it is. I'm allowed. To you know, you're familiar. Okay. So you're, I'm allowed to wear that about nine hours in a day. And with that lens, I'm able to see very clearly, um, which I'm very thankful for, but I have no vision in my left eye whatsoever. And I have no peripheral vision at all. So I like to tell people, if you take an ink pen and take off the back of it, that little circle, and you put it up to your eye, that's how much vision I have. Yeah. And this is just been since December 29th of 2021. Well, I'm very happy for you that that works. I, I've tried them and they didn't work for me at the time. But um, the the I've always that's one of the things I've been kind of talking about lately is for those of us who have health issues that constantly fluctuate, mm-hmm. take advantage of the, the, the moments, the time that you do, like with your nine hours. I bet you use those nine hours to the best of your ability. I do. Because that, that it's because you're less motivated when your vision's worse, and mm-hmm. it, it is still depressing. No matter how how long this goes and how long you know you become accustomed to this, it's still yes. it it it's, it gets old real fast. Regardless, like you get yes, tired, of it. you you don't want to have to take out the lens and your vision sucks. It, it, yeah, and it, it, there's still a sadness that comes with it. So that's why you take advantage of those nine hours or whatever your time is. What if you have an hour? You know, it's like even like if if ment- like your mental health is what bothers you. If you feel inspired to do the dishes, do it now because yes. don't wait till tomorrow when moment. you're probably going to not want to do mm-hmm. it. And so, so true. So take true. yeah, take the times true. when you're healthy, like you're for your healthy. Again, everybody's health barometer for healthiness is different, but like for for her nine nine hours, she's got. And she knows that nine hours yep. is very important. And so she's going to mm-hmm. use those nine hours to do the most she can do. And then she starts over the next day with another nine hours. But at least she knows yep. she has nine hours because it could be a half hour or it could be eight hours, whatever. Um, but whatever yeah. it is, yeah. very important too. Even if you're, you know, I, I, I love it. I consider it a blessing. I'm thankful. But I also give the message of it's very important. Even when those hours are up, I, you know, I'm thankful for my skills that I know. You know what I mean? It's very important. I, I stay up on all of my skills because I never know. You know, I have been blessed. I'm thankful. I got the opportunity to see my daughter, who I probably wouldn't have ever been able to see. I'm thankful for all those opportunities, but I'm very thankful for all the skills that I've learned. And I keep those, you know, I keep myself active on those because I never know you know and if that does go away like I tell everybody I'll be okay you know because I have accepted my life I accepted my life before I was given the blessing of what I could see now and I'm okay with my life I love my life and I love what I do because I wouldn't be the person I am if I would never have to go down this journey and people ask me all the time but you experience so much loss but you don't focus on the loss 
you focus on the the gain that you gain from it. And I'm definitely, definitely a a more humble person. And I definitely exemplify resilience. And I'm not afraid to show humility. So that's important. Yes. Well, I'm I'm very proud of you. I really am. I know we just like literally this is probably our legitimately our, our first real conversation, and so I'm very happy I could talk to you all day. I, I genuinely enjoy hearing you, and I hope we can stay in touch, be friends, and definitely. Uh, if you ever need anything, just please reach out anytime. Um, I will, and likewise, and I'm always available. I tell people I'm always available. I'm a very impersonal person, <laughs> so yeah. you know. Um, any any listeners, anyone contact you, you can always feel free to share my information. Um, that's what I'm here for. If I can help anyone, you know, I'm always here to do so. Oh, do you? Yeah. Do you have any? Because I, I, we never really talked about it. Is there anything you want to promote? Because you could pro, pro, please promote anything. Um, I do have, we do have a support group, a women's support group that we meet via Zoom every first Thursday of every month. Um, it is Women of Power and it is not just um, a blind support group is for um, blind, visually impaired, sighted um, women, just women um, coming together to uplift one another. It's called Women of Purpose, Women of Power. Um, you can get that link at, if you go to eyeslikemine.org. Um, you can get the link for um, our support group, as well as we have several events coming up as well. And I am on all social media platforms, um, Instagram, Facebook, and I also have a fan page that can be found um, via the eyes like mine, um, dot org website. Uh, it'll um, give you a link to go directly to my fan page, and you can look me up on Facebook. Uh, my name is Goddess, G-O-D-D-E-S-T. Last name is P-H-R-A-I-L. K-I-L-L. I do have another page that's under Johnson. You can do either or. Um, I do do both. And I'm also on Instagram under the real R-E-A-L period with the period and goddess, which is my first name, G-O-D-D-E-S-T. So the, um, those are ways to get in contact with me. Definitely a support group. We also have a support group for men. Because our men need just as much the support as women. Yes, we <laughs> and do. They, yes, I, we didn't forget about the men. And it's a very, it's called the Gentleman's Lounge. And it's just a great, great, um, a lot of great rep- um, responses I've gotten from it. It's um, facilitated by Stephen McCoy, who's one of the first deafblind journalists, and Mr. Brandon. So they meet every first Wednesday of each month. And that link is also on the Eyes Like Mine website. And last but not least, of course, the pageant. All of my, any of my visually impaired, um, blind, if you need any type of corrective lenses, you qualify. We have our recruiting right now as we speak for the Miss Blind Diva Empowerment Pageant title holder for 2023. Applications are being taken now on our website. Um, come be a part, be empowered. Um, the grand prize is a thousand dollars and you become the ambassador for a year. And it's a great experience. I have done so much already and it's only March. So definitely. And, you know, those are just a few things and stay tuned for, even though I am blind, um, there we're doing miraculous things. So stay tuned for that documentary. And that's all I got.
Uh, that's a lot, but I'm, yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, no, like I said, please keep in touch. Uh, I mean, the reason why, Will do. no matter, I, I keep saying this, no matter how strong you are, like we are strong people, but sometimes we need to just kind of confide and confide into other people because we can't be strong all the time. It's, it's very taxing and it's nice Absolutely. to just know there's people out there that you can just kind of cry or yell or whatever that you, they're it. out there and they, you can count on them. So like I said, if you ever need somebody, even if it's just a mental health bad day, you need someone to talk to, I'm always here. Thank you. And likewise, it's a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you so much for thank what you're doing and please continue. I will. I promise. So thank you again. And uh, please uh, take care of yourself. And you too. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, guys, I really powered through this one. Um, I haven't taken my anxiety medication in a couple of days and I ran out and I just been so busy with work and other things. So I haven't really had the time to go pick them up and so I'm starting to get those little dizzy spells and I got my headache is starting to go away but yeah I had to power through that I was when she when she first called me earlier I was I wasn't feeling it <laughs> nothing to do with her I just wasn't feeling it but uh I'm, I'm getting a little better headaches going away bullets chilling keeping me warm here and even though I'm not really cold um bullet you want to say anything before I uh, check out of these bitch bullet hey hey Well, the mic doesn't reach any further. But here, you want to purr into the mic? There you go. Da, good boy. Um, but yeah, so there's your uh, daily dose of bullet, um, a weekly dose. Thank you all for coming on. Uh, really great guest. I didn't know what to expect because I didn't know her at all. Like usually, I have, I get to know more about them before I, I interview them. But I, I took Crystal's recommendation, and she couldn't have been more right. And uh, I really enjoy Goddess great person so i think i need another friend guys i mean another friend um but yes you all take care of yourself and uh hopefully enjoy whatever it is your monday tuesday whatever day you're on enjoy your week enjoy your weekend and um you know try to do a little bit to impact your uh your area your community whatever just do something put a little good energy into this world because we, we sure as hell need it so uh see you guys next week bye guys